The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome back. It is the Razball Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am beat on, joined as always by the fantasy master Lothario, the mustachioed, masculine man of <laughs> manliness. I ran out of adjective. Gray Albright, how you doing, Gray? Uh, I I appreciate beat I've never been described as masculine before, though. So <laughs> I just wanted to throw it out there. You know, I guess I uh, I appreciate it. <laughs> I hear my my testicles have dropped. Thank you. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Uh, I mean, that's basically like getting. Uh, are you uh, are you saying welcome to my testicles? Thank you. Yeah, welcome to like the world. That's that's a good place to be. Is is finally dropped? I mean, you're only. I I have no idea how old you are actually. So I'm I'm not even going to take a guess. I'm um, uh, I'm 23 years old. <laughs> that's good for you. Glad yeah. you can finally started, enjoy Vegas. Uh, I started Razzball <laughs> when I was six years old. It's uh it's been quite the journey through um puberty. <laughs> hey uh, hey B Don, how's it going, man? Uh, you know it's it's going it's going okay. It's in the okay. middle of uh, two playoff seasons baseball season and the start of golf season so everything's pretty pretty great right now greg i know you don't care about any of that other than the baseball season i I was actually see your uh your first mistake was to 
actually answer when I said what's up. No, that's just an empty question. No, that that's how that doesn't uh, require it doesn't require an answer. <laughs> Sorry, you, you've already been told this before. I am from the Midwest. When you a- ask somebody from the Midwest that kind of a question, you get an answer. That's just how the Midwest works. So. Mm. You know, there you go. Let's go ahead and move on to some baseball, though. Bunch of call-ups. Matt McLean got called up. 23-year-old. This year in AAA, he had 38 games, 173 plate appearances, 12 runs, 10 stolen bases, 30 runs, 40 RBIs. He's hitting 348, 474, 710. He has a sub-20% K rate. He has a 16.8% walk rate. Last year he had 103 games in AAA. He went 17 and 27. He hit he hit 232, 363. He did have a 28% K rate and a 15.5% walk rate last year, but he has improved that. He's getting the call up. Where are you at on Matt McClain, Greg? The Reds, man, right? <laughs> the Reds. The Reds got all kinds of prospects. Uh, we got. Matt McLean, Christian and Carcion Strand, Ellie De La Cruz. Um, actually, I'm old enough to remember when people were excited for Spencer Steer. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm actually you were like calling for his job. You know that that's happening, but yeah, yeah. yeah he was, he was I, a I fun mean, prospect like six months ago. Yeah, I, I'm actually old enough to remember when Nick Senzel was uh, the talk of the town. <laughs> <laughs> or Jonathan India, remember? <laughs> I uh, remember him. Yeah, yeah, man. Like the Reds, just like Reds got all kinds of guys. <laughs> the Reds are stocked and stacked. Um, Matt McLean. So it looks like Matt McLean's batting second right now for uh, his first start up. That's really promising. As I was saying, uh, you know, on the site, I think. There's something to be said for like calling up like Matt McLean. Like I think if you're calling him up, you're not calling him up to bench him, right? Like you're calling him up to start him. And you know, like he so the good news is I think he's going to open the doors to Christian Incarcion uh, Strand. Um, you know, it's good news for me because I actually have uh, CES on teams. <laughs> I don't know if it's necessarily good news in the big picture, but, yeah, it's good news for me. Uh, so, yeah, I think, like, that they called up McLean. That means that they're going to call up Christian Incarcion Strand. But I but I worry – but I. Not worry as much as I. I feel like it could be just confirming my bias because I feel like Ellie David La Cruz is further behind. Not necessarily talent wise. Like I think he's just as talented as the other guys, but he's so much younger. I think McLean is going to get at least, unless he really bottoms out. I think he's going to get at least until September to show like what he's capable of, and then. The Reds might call up Ellie De La Cruz just in September as a call-up. You know, give him, like, you know, 75 or under at-bats uh, just to see what he's capable of. Uh, I think we know what he's capable of, honestly. But I think they're just – I think they're going to slow play their hand with uh, De La Cruz. And he's going to be – he's going to be more ticketed for the beginning of next year. Um, that could be just because I've been saying that, so – 
you know, I, I've already put that out in my own brain. So I'm like, you just hear you know, it enough like, in your head over and yeah, over again. I, I mean, I can only, I can only carry so many thoughts in my head. And that's sort of what I've been thinking all along. Like, because otherwise, you know, like De La Cruz, and this is, you know, we'll, we'll get to actually specifically about McLean, but you have to give McLean some like, you know, playing time to see what you have before you just bump him to the bench or like into a platoon or something and bring up De La Cruz. I think like, I don't know, man. It's like, <laughs> it's a, it's a very complicated because there's a lot of like moving parts with the Reds. Like they have to play India, right? They have to play. Now that they've called up McLean, they have to play McLean. They're not going to just, I don't think they're just going to bench indefinitely Spencer Steer Joey Votto's there somewhere, right? Tyler Stevenson is catching. They have Senzel. Of course, Senzel could get injured, but, you know, as of right now, he's healthy. Henry Ramos, he can go to the bench. Like, right now, he's the DH. So he can go to the bench. But that brings in Christian and Carcion Strand, who is much older than um, De La Cruz. So you have to then give Incursion Strand enough playing time to see what you have with him. Like you can't just bring up guys and then Will Myers could get traded in um, July, you know, like that's very possible. Stuart Fairchild doesn't necessarily need playing time, but they have like, they have so many guys, right? So I just don't think De La Cruz is necessarily going to be, you know, by by the time this podcast comes out, he'll probably be called up. But I'll look like a total (laughs) idiot for spending 10 minutes on De La Cruz. But I'm getting a lot of questions in the comments like, you know, do you do uh, Should I stash, you know, Incarcion Strand, De La Cruz or, you know, or, you know, someone else? And I and I keep saying like stash Incarcion Strand because I think he's the first guy anyway. Back to McLean. So, you know, McLean is really kind of interesting because he's got speed and power. Like you mentioned his minor league numbers. I think he's also, he's sort of, it feels like he's sort of figured out, um, you know, the contact issue. Because you also mentioned how he only hit 232 in double A last year. And then this year in a smaller sample size, obviously, in only 38 games, but he's been hitting 348. High Babbitt at 387, but still his K's have really come down. He's he's striking out less than 20% on his K rate. So I think there's a chance here that like McLean could be like one of the big call-ups potentially for the uh, you know for the season because since he's a great park and his power will play there. So you're looking at a guy who could potentially hit 15 homers the rest of the way. He's got like 20 steal speed the rest of the way that would be you know over the course of the full season maybe 30 steals but he can steal 20 so if he he can go 15 20 250 say for like the last you know uh however many months we have left like uh you know four and a half months that's really good like prorated that out for over the course of a season that's like 20 30 so yeah i'm I'm definitely in on McLean. I think he's a pickup in every league, even the shallowest of leagues. Um, I don't currently have him because I just got I got beat to the punch and on, on waivers. But I would grab him even in like a a twelve team mixed league, like an RCL league. I would I would totally see just to see what you have. So yeah, I like him a lot. And what are your thoughts, uh, B Dom? 
Yeah, I, I like him. I think he's a pickup everywhere. Just the power speed combo is worth picking up and seeing what happens. I'm maybe less sold that he's he's like up for good because I think there's kind of a backlog for them right now between shortstop, third base, and, and maybe first base if we if we want to throw Spencer Steer in here. And then they can kind of play with Nick Senzel going out to the outfield. Will Myers maybe taking over at DH or Vado when he comes back at some point down the line. Eventually, you know, he's probably going DH. Maybe he's going back to first base because he just he's he's earned the right in Cincinnati to do whatever he wants for the most part. And they're paying him too much money still for for him to, you know to just sit on the bench, I think, and waste away. So he's probably going Back to first base, which fills another spot because now Steer has to either go to third base or DH. Again, Sinzel's going back to the outfield. I think there's a possibility that if McLean comes up and kind of struggles and strikes out a lot like he did kind of in the jump last year to double A, that might be enough that they they send him back down and then bring up Strand or potentially De La Cruz just... Depending on who's, I think it just kind of depends on how they're playing at that point. De La Cruz has gotten the, the strikeouts under control after kind of started the year off a little rough. And and Strand, I mean, you mentioned he's two years older, so there's there's definitely a little bit of an age, you know, preference. I think they would probably rather have Strand up if they're going to call one up right now when they're not necessarily, you know, I mean, they don't even have like two starters that are worth talking about for our, our podcast at this point. So there's not really a competitive window, but they're also trying to get, I would assume trying to build the team like camaraderie, get everybody used to playing at the big league level together and just move them up at some point. But I think there is some interchange possible if one of them struggles. So maybe that's the only difference in how I'm looking at it is McLean may struggle. He may strike out a lot. And they may drop him back down. He does walk a ton, so that's that's. I think that helps him sit towards the top as long as he doesn't struggle, though. They also don't have any lefties on their team other than Jake Fraley and Henry Ramos, who's a switch hitter. So, to some extent, he's safe from a platoon because they just don't have anybody to platoon him out with. Moving on, Casey Schmidt was called up. Triple uh, A in 32 games this year. He had a home run, three stolen bases, 19 runs, 22 RBIs. He's hitting 313, 352. He has a sub 20% K rate, a 5.5% walk rate. Across three levels last year, he had 21 home runs, three stolen bases, 293, 365, 489, and a 22% K rate. Casey Schmidt had, has some games up, so we've seen him already. He's currently hitting 458 with a couple of home runs. Where are you on in Casey Schmidt? It seems like he's maybe a little less volatile, but maybe not as as impactful as a as a McLean could be. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Uh, yeah, he's probably more of a floor player. So you're looking at a guy who's likely, you know, solid for average. Won't strike out a lot, like you said. I, you know, he could potentially strike out less than 20% even in the majors. Uh, so you're looking at a guy who could could possibly hit like 275, 285, 
even this year, even as a rookie. So, you know, that's valuable. Uh, he doesn't really, you know, I mean, you summed him up pretty well when you said, uh, you know, his he's just a little bit uh, less upside. It's just like he doesn't have like a ton of power. He doesn't really have a ton of speed. He's kind of just like, you know, uh, I mean, he's I've actually I drafted him. I held on to him for, you know, for the six weeks uh, that he was down in the minors. Like, I like him a lot. I feel like I might be underselling him right now by the way I'm talking about him because I did draft him. I love him. But he feels like I drafted him in really deep leagues. Uh, You know, I drafted him in Tout Wars and my NL only. uh, So that's NL only, 12-team NL only. So that's really deep. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, I drafted him there. I've drafted him in, uh, you know, I think a draft and hold league. So I have him in leagues. So I do like him. I think he could be really kind of like a safe sort of guy that isn't like, you know, not really going to like, I don't know. I mean, this past week was a week where he just hit so well. And everyone's like, you know, I think people are really excited for Casey Schmidt because he hit 450 in his first week up with two homers. But I don't I don't think that's really indicative of what you're going to get from Casey Schmidt. I I think he's more like maybe a 12 homer, five steals, 275, like over the course of like the rest of the year. Eh, It's not I mean, it's not really that exciting, to be honest. I mean, it's fine for NL only. It's good for deeper leagues. Like, I think he's I think he could have like, you know, and right now he's hot. So I would grab him in every league while he's hitting well because you don't know how long that's going to last. So, you know, I I would definitely like if you're hurting for batting average or if you're just hurting for like a spark plug of some sort, like I would I would grab him. I just don't think he's going to be that exciting in the long run. Like I feel like he's going to like get people excited right now and then. You know, in uh, maybe a week or two, people are going to be like, eh, there's a different guy who's hot off of waivers. You know, uh, I think I'm going to drop Casey Schmidt, which, I, I mean, in shallower leagues, I could see that playing out like that. In deeper leagues, like, he's the best, uh, you know, like, I, I, he's the best left side of, like, the. I think, like, on the left side of the uh, infield right now, like, they have J.D. Davis and Brandon Crawford, but... I mean, they're, those guys are cooked. Hey, man, <laughs> don't you disrespect my J.D. Davis. He's been he's been performing. He's been saving yeah, me in a couple of quarter field spots. Like, yeah, I mean, deep in deeper leagues, I mean, he's been fine. And they're not, I mean, they're not great. <laughs> Casey Schmidt, though. Like, Casey Schmidt, I think, could potentially be, like, you know, J.D. A really Davis? Solid. Yeah. <laughs> He yeah. could potentially be JD Davis. He could, he could, you know. Worst case scenario, he's better than JD Davis. In best case scenario, he's worse. He's worse than. No, he's like he's JD Davis uh, minus five years. <laughs> he's 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 junior D Davis, junior Davis, somewhere yeah. between JD Davis and Brian Reynolds. Yeah, actually. It, it, Davis says his JD and Schmidt has his BS. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. But All you, right, moving you, moving us you, along you here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I, we get it. We get it, Gray. We're, we're laughing with you. <laughs> uh, Nico Horner had a left hamstring strain. 
Uh, he's actually going through agility agility drills and played catch this weekend, so he's probably about a week out. Maybe returns this week even. But Chris Moreau came up, and he's been filling in. He got a start in center field as well. He's had five games, three home runs, a stolen base, and he's hitting 381, Gray. Is Chris Moreau worth, like, hemorrhaging the budget on him and, and getting him as a, you know, multi-eligibility, potentially outfielder, multi-infielder guy? Like, or do you think he's going back down because the Cubs are the Cubs? You said he's hitting 381. I think in order to yeah, I mean it's. I, I was just letting people keep, know he's uh, been hitting well. In order to keep <laughs> David Ross from playing Nico Horner over him, he's going to have to hit like 581. <laughs> I don't. I don't think there's any chance in the world that David Ross plays Christopher Morrell over Nico Horner. So that leaves us with like, where's he playing? Right? I mean, I guess he could potentially uh, be the DH, maybe, and just move Trey Mancini indefinitely to the bench. But I don't know, man. David Ross is a big dope. <laughs> he's not <laughs> He's not good at this, man. He's like, like, there's a lot of dopey managers. David Ross is up there in, like, the top five of the dumbest. <laughs> he's dumb. <laughs> He's so dumb, man. I don't know. Because, like, Trey Mancini kind of has to play at least occasionally, right? I mean, he's not going to bench Trey Mancini indefinitely. They have Nick – I know this is going to sound ridiculous, but they have Nick Madrigal, who who I know is terrible. But David Ross wants to play him occasionally. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I – Honestly, I think people are going to be really disappointed. I like Christopher Morrell, too. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, right now, while he has a full-time job because Nico Horner's on the IL, I have Christopher Morrell. I picked him up in my RCL league, which is a 12-team mixed league. So that's that's the most shallow league I play in. And that's a pretty shallow league. And for me to pick up Morrell in that league shows you how much I like him. Like, I didn't. I didn't rush to pick up uh, like anyone like anyone else that we discussed. Well, Casey Schmidt, I didn't rush to pick up. Matt McLean, I would have picked up, but I, I think he was picked he up was already. Gone. I don't. Know. Yeah, he was gone. So Christopher Morrell, I picked up, and I'm holding on to him until uh, Horner returns, and then I'll see how it plays out. But it's not going to play out well. <laughs> it's not, yeah. man. It's just not. It's just not going to play out well. Like you have. Horner, who, by the way, Horner's not bad. No, so Horner deserves like, his, me, his spot. Like, it, it's not. Yeah, like, like, Horner deserves his spot. Exactly. So, Horner, uh, Swanson, Hap, Bellinger, uh, Suzuki, Wisdom, Mervis, Gomes, and then you have a DH spot. So, then you have, you know, potentially you have Morrell, but you also have Mancini, you have Magical, you have Hosmer. Now, I'm not saying those guys are good that I'm mentioning, but David Ross is going to play them. And he's going to play them occasionally. I'm sorry. He's not going to He's not gonna just play Horner like six days a week and call it a day. He's going to play his other guys. So it's going to become really frustrating if you have Christopher Morrell in anything other than like a daily league where you could potentially bench him. But even that gets tiring after a while, and you're just like, ah, he hasn't played in the last two games. I'm going to drop him. Like, that's what's going to happen in shallower leagues. In deeper leagues, you do what you got to do. But unless Horner has a setback, 
Morel's playing time is going to come to an abrupt end real soon. Yeah, because as you mentioned, there's a lot of names. Now, whether they should be playing or not, that's a different discussion. But the Cubs already paid them to some extent. Whether Ross wants to play them or not, honestly, like the Cubs front office is going to tell them, like, we're not cutting Trey Mancini and Eric Hosmer and Nick Madrigal. Like, you're you're going to play them. So, again, to some extent, there's really also, nowhere else maybe, to stick out. I mean, we're still, is like, we're at mid-May right now. You know, mid-July. Pieces Cubs, are going to start flying. Yeah, if, if the Cubs get rid of, like, Hosmer or Mancini or both of them, which they should. And yeah, I mean, at that point, then, yeah, Morel becomes more interesting. But right now, for, like, the next six weeks or, you know, eight weeks or so, he's not going to really have everyday playing time without an injury. Yeah. And, I mean, Bellinger's also on that list. I mean, he's on a one-year deal, so he's as good as he's been. They could move him as well. Just, I mean, who knows if that collapses again and when that happens. So, moving on, Yuri Perez got called up. They got Trevor Rogers on the L, so he's out at least until the start of June. Cueto sustained an ankle injury on top of the bicep injury. He was already rehabbing. In his first start, Yuri had four and two-thirds, two earned, two walks, seven Ks. Double-A this year, he had 31 innings, 42 Ks, a 2-3-2 ERA, 0-8-1 whip, a 36% K rate, 7.7% walk rate. Last year, the ERA and WHIP weren't quite as clean with 408, 116, but the Ks are pretty consistent, as are the walks. Realistically, like he's a seven to eight percent walk guy, and he's been a thirty plus percent K guy over the last two years in Double A. How interested are you in Yuri Perez? Like, what's the amount of of Fab spent on him? I don't know if he maintains a, a starting spot when they're healthy. Uh, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know either. Uh, I, that's because he also, I don't think he's necessarily a guy who can throw a ton of innings this year. Like he could throw some, he could throw a decent, <laughs> I mean, he could throw, he could throw like maybe 70 to 90 innings yeah. potentially. Uh, he went for in one of my leagues. I don't, I don't have Yuri Perez for what it's worth, but he went in one of my leagues for two hundred and seventy-five dollars out of a thousand. So I mean, that feels kind of steep. But the runner-up on that was uh, someone who uh, bid two hundred and sixty dollars. So if they didn't bid two seventy-five, they weren't really getting them. So yeah, I mean, that, that feels like a lot. I, I don't know. I. You know, I think uh, I think there could be a case made that like he will be the top call up for pitching uh, for like the innings that he is able to throw, but the amount of innings is going to be it's going to be low. I, I I honestly I would put the over under at like sixty, and I'd be you know I mean I guess. I would probably go under too. I, I just don't see the innings. I don't know. Like maybe, maybe they're there. I mean that the fact that they called him up, it's like you don't call up a guy like that and just send him immediately back down for no reason. But you know, you like you mentioned, like Trevor Rogers could return. I, I don't know. Like they're not gonna, they're not gonna have Trevor Rogers 
you know, go to the bullpen or something. Like, like, like Rogers could, you know, have a setback and not return. Like, that's possible. But even if that happens, Perez is still like, I mean, last year he threw 77 innings. Right now he's at 35 innings. I mean, he can he can probably get away with throwing like another 60 to 70 innings, give or take. Total. Like, that's, you know, I mean, I feel like that's even like, I don't know, maybe that's a little bit low, but maybe 105 innings total. Like, he can't throw that many innings this year. Like, it, it's just, it wouldn't be smart at least. I mean, he, he might be able to do it, but they shouldn't <laughs> let him do it. I mean, he's only, you know, he's 20 years old. They should not let him throw more than 100 innings. And he's at 35 innings. So that gives him 65 innings to throw this year. Does he do? Does he throw all 65 in the majors? Mm, I don't know, man. I like I said, I'd probably put it at like over under at 60. I'd probably go under for for how many innings he's going to throw in the majors. That is, I like him though. I mean, he looks great. He's probably going to be like, you know, a like a, a potentially like a, a solid number, you know two to three fantasy starter for the innings he does throw in the majors. I just don't know how many he throws here. Yeah, I, I agree. The The innings that you get out of him could be pretty, I mean, pretty amazing, but I don't know how often he's going to get, they're going to let him get to five innings. And again, I think there's, I think there's a possibility that he, that they either go six man or they send him back down so they, he can, he can continue to start with the rest of the innings that he has, like to throw this year. Because again, they have pretty established starters. Whenever Rogers is ready to come back, I don't know if if Cueto would ever bump him out. I, I think they just cut him and, and move along. If if Perez looks good, but he's twenty years old. It's the Marlins, so I don't know how aggressive they're going to be with with trying to compete and, and start his clock. So that's, that's all a concern for me. And, and maybe we just have to wait like an extra two weeks whenever Rogers does come back, like Prez gets sent down to stop his clock and then he gets brought back up. So he gets kind of a super two amount of games. I would even, I would even go as far to say that, like, I forgot about Cueto. I think if Cueto returns, He's useless to them if he's not in the rotation. So I could see Cueto even, like, replacing Perez. Like, I, I just don't think the innings are going to be there for Perez. Like, I wouldn't mind seeing him, you know, uh, be a guy come in after an opener. But the Marlins don't really do openers. So, yeah, I, I just don't know, man. I don't see the innings. Yeah, they want Cueto out there so they can potentially move him. And then maybe Perez can come in on the back end of that. But yeah, yeah, I I just don't see, I don't see a lot of innings. Grab him now though. Like absolutely grab him now if he's available and and you can throw him for the innings that you get. Absolutely with that. Uh, Mickey Moniak got called up, which, you know, I don't know if that's a big deal in and of itself, but he got two starts over Taylor Ward. He was starting at the top of the lineup. Are you interested in Mickey Moniak and are you worried about Taylor Ward? (laughs) <laughs> uh, that might be the best, kinda, like, that would be a big kinda, concern, right? Yeah, kind of, and absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mickey Moniak was like, 
uh, I think he was the first overall guy in uh, 2016, right? Yeah. He was, yeah, he was like, you know, everyone loved Mickey Moniak at some point. <laughs> it's like 2016. Uh, that was, I think that that was probably like one of the worst draft classes, uh, if I'm remembering correctly. It was, or at least it was, it wasn't a good first round. I think it got better as the rounds went along. Uh, anyway, Moniak. And Ward, like right now, as we record this, it's Monday, and Taylor Ward is starting uh, today. But if Moniac and Ward are in any sort of like platoon, I think this is worse news for Ward than it's good news for Moniac. Like there was people bidding a lot on Moniac and Fab this week. I think he went for, uh, you know, he went. I think he went for like fifty dollars in. Uh, a thousand dollar fab. So you know, I mean, I, I would, I, I think I bid on him, but I bid on him for like you know twelve bucks. I think like you know twelve dollars out of a thousand, which is like basically a dollar. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I, I mean, I don't really have you know, I don't, I don't think Mickey, Mickey Moniak is like fixed. I, you know, he's hitting like he hit well in the two games that he played this weekend, but you know, that's two games. He still has, he still looks like a, a 35% strikeout rate guy, which is going to make him like a, a, a one eighty five hitter. He has, you know, he can't, he has no plate discipline at all. His contact is awful. I like, I still like Taylor Ward to like bounce back. And I think I, I hate to give up on Taylor Ward, but if Moniak and Ward are in a platoon, Ward is screwed. I mean, his value is done. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> I, I've been telling a lot of people to drop Ward. Uh, you know, and, and by that I mean like in shallower leagues, like in a a ten team or even a twelve team mixed league. If Taylor Ward's not playing every day, he, he's kind of droppable in in those leagues. In a fifteen team mixed league, I think you gotta you gotta still uh, hold on to Ward and see if he can get out of like his funk. And regain like an everyday job, but I mean, if I were, you know, if I were Phil Nevin, well, I, I don't even want to imagine that. <laughs> I, take, I take that. I take that back. I don't. I don't want to think of myself as Phil Nevin. But <laughs> if I were the manager of the Angels, I would platoon Moniak and Ward because Ward's been so terrible. But you know, if if you put yourself in the uh, in Phil Nevin's shoes, then you just or start going. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I'm, I'm Phil Nevin. I don't know. <laughs> so out of all that, basically, maybe Grammoniac in deep leagues, and then Taylor Ward. I mean, ship him if you can, or like you said, shallow leagues. Maybe time to get go ahead and get rid of him. He's still yeah. getting runs. I mean, that's the one saving grace to any of his value. So, I guess if you're chasing runs, he's he still has some use. But that's that's about it, and that's going to come to an end soon because he's getting platooned. And I, I don't know that I'm dropping just yet. We'll see again if he comes out of it, and if this is just a random motivator, they're just like we're gonna we're gonna platoon you with Mickey Moniak if you don't get it together. Like we want the you to know that. The funny thing is, well, not necessarily funny, but like Taylor Ward as a leadoff guy because of his walks and like it just his ability to get on plate. Like he doesn't strike out a ton and he walks a decent amount. Like he's better as a leadoff guy than a, a lot of guys that are 
hitting leadoff across the league. I mean, he's better. Like, for instance, like he's better than Bobby Wood Jr. as a leadoff guy. Like, he at least gets on base where Bobby Wood Jr. just strikes out and doesn't walk. I mean, or, or hits a home run and has speed. But I mean, Taylor Ward, Taylor Ward isn't terrible as a leadoff guy, but he's been pretty bad in general for fantasy. I mean, he hasn't been great. No, he hasn't. I will say, for Mickey Moniak, he does have eight home runs in 33 games this year. So if they finally unlock the power that we heard about seven years ago now, um, then, you know, there could be something there. I mean, he was like an 18-year-old, 17-year-old kid getting drafted. Uh, I pulled up the draft class real quick. Uh, Some highlights, Sinzel, Ian Anderson, Riley Pint, Corey Ray, uh, Matt Manning, Kyle Lewis, Jay Groom, uh, Josh Lowe, Josh Lowe, that's our great, boy. That's a great. That's a great first round, man. <laughs> I, love, I, I love that J, that Jay Groom pick. <laughs> oh, I, he was going to be good, you know, if he had an elbow left still. That would that would have helped a lot for his career, uh, you know, prospects. Uh, uh, you say so. <laughs> It couldn't have hurt to have an elbow. I mean, <laughs> actually, actually, in, in retrospect, Mickey Moniak wasn't a bad first overall pick because the rest of that draft was like, uh, Jay Groom. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Yeah, not, it wasn't it wasn't a good first round. I think there was a couple guys in the in the second or third, if I remember correctly. Uh, our, our boy who led the, the show title last week, Nick Lodolo, was part of that draft and he's injured now. So. Just yeah. just to rub that in from our since we let him let him be our show title that that's on us guys sorry about that but now you don't even have to wait for the turnaround it's not coming oh oh that's right I forgot Nick Lodolo yeah we were we were like by Lodolo ah, we're so dumb uh, well, we uh, could we couldn't have seen that coming I mean come on man no nope. you know what we also really couldn't have seen coming Gray. Corbin Carroll struggling and, and losing potential playing time to Dominic Fletcher. Am I am I reading this? Am I reading this right? Yeah, no, he's not losing playing time. He's just he's struggling, <laughs> and he's moved to right field. And Fletcher's taken center. I think that's uh, don't don't scare people. He hasn't lost playing time. Not yet. Uh, no, not yet. No, uh, Dominic Fletcher though has been playing. And he looks like, you know, he looks like he's a good uh, contact guy for like, uh, like he kind of looks like Casey Schmidt a little bit with uh, less speed and less power. (laughs) So, yeah, that's not good. (laughs) But, I mean, you know, he's been hot. Dominic Fletcher, that is. Um, Corbin Carroll has been struggling, I think, since the, uh, since he injured himself, like, uh, what was that? (laughs) About what was that? About ten days to. Yeah, uh, I think it was like the start of May. Yeah, like the start of May, right? Yeah, it was like, yeah, he he kind of injured himself, and they were like, "Oh, you're fine." And now in May, he's hitting 180. <laughs> like, oh, maybe you're not fine, <laughs> and you haven't stolen a base. Well, he hasn't really been on base to steal one, but yeah, you got to get on base still. <laughs> yeah, Corbin Carroll's been. He's been on the struggle bus for like the last, you know, 15 days, but hopefully he pulls out of that. It's probably just a slump. Um, but yeah, Dominic Fletcher, he seems like an NL only guy 
So, yeah, there's not much to say on him. He just looks like he's got good contact. And, you know, he's got playing time now. He's he's supplanted um, Alec Thomas. Uh, Alec Thomas lost his, his everyday job. So there is that. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Nick Prado. He's kind of been hot. I mean, to start the season here. Mm-hmm. You know, for for Nick Prado, we we got a two homer, three fifty hitter. He's still striking out at thirty percent, but he is walking at, at a ten percent clip. So that's that's been been nice to see. Where are you at on on Nick Prado? He's you know he's hitting three forty one here in the short. You know, I guess it's not short. It's we're halfway through May now. Uh, he's got two home runs, kind of sitting sitting back in middle of uh, the Royals lineup. Is he is he worth a pickup, Gray? Um, yeah, well, he didn't get called up until like end of April, so right. he's hitting three fifty. But it's like in in eighteen games. Uh, Nick Prado, I you know it's it's interesting. It's always fascinating to me that like a guy like Nick Prado gets called up in like uh, you know last year, and everyone's like, oh, you know. Do I drop Paul Goldschmidt to pick up Nick Prado? <laughs> like, every, like everyone loves the call ups, and then like you know they fizzle out a little bit, and it's like, nah, he didn't look so good in his first you know twelve games, <laughs> so we're dropping him out of our you know out of sight, out of mind, and then he gets called up again the next year, and he's hitting three fifty and. Honestly, I haven't gotten. I haven't. I don't think I fielded one comment for Nick Prado. Like no one cares. <laughs> no one's. No one's interested anymore. Like they were like, no, they were interested last year when he was a rookie, and now that he's not a rookie because he's played all of like you know twenty games. Actually, I think technically he's still a rookie, <laughs> but you know like because he's already had like the taste of the majors and didn't look so good in that. Now he's suddenly like, he's a forgotten man, but yeah, I don't know, man. I, I like him. I, I was surprised at like how little interest there was for Nick Prado. Like he's got big time power. He should be like, you know, they have like a uh, Hunter Dozier there and uh, I don't know, Matt, Matt Duffy. I don't know what he does, <laughs> but uh, Nick Prado should play. <laughs> At least against all righties, maybe he takes a you know a seat versus lefties, but he's got big power. I, you know he could hit twenty five homers. Uh, you know he's gonna hit. He's probably gonna hit two thirty ish because he strikes out a lot and he's got no speed. But you don't really need speed from a corner man anyway. But he could hit like you know twenty. 20, 25 homers maybe this year uh, over the course of, you know, the rest of the year. He's got power. I, I like him. He's probably not worth uh, looking at in, like, the shallowest of leagues. Like, I'm I'm not saying he's great for, like, a 10-team or even a 12-team mixed league yet, but 15-team mixed league or deeper for sure. Yeah, kind of like a Joey Gallo light. So that's kind of what you're looking at, and you may have to do what you do with Joe Gallo and and do the the swap in and out on, on a daily basis if he's if he's sitting against the uh, the wrong handed pitcher for them. Tatis, I mean, he's back twenty games, five home runs, one stolen base, two seventy eight, three oh nine. Rudy's got him projected for ninety seven games, twenty six home runs, sixteen stolen bases, seventy six, sixty four, two eighty, three fifty four. 
Sprint speed's back. I mean, he's 13th in sprint speed. Where are you at on, on Tatis? Are you buying him? Are you selling him? Do you trust him rest of season? Where are you at? Mm, yeah, no, definitely. I, I trust... I trusted him to the point I drafted him in leagues. Like, I trust him. I don't see – he's actually – you know, his uh, his strikeout rate is way down from, like, uh, you know, his last uh, go-around in 2021. Wow, it's so crazy. He lost that. He lost that whole year. And then, you know, 2020 was a lost year kind of for everyone. So he's really only had – like one full year in the majors. That's kind of crazy now that I look at his uh num like I looked at his stats now. Uh anyway, yeah, I mean I trust him. I you know, his contact is better this year. He's hitting for, you know, a 283 average as of right now, but it's not even getting propped up by his Babbitt. Like if anything, his Babbitt might be a tad low for him right now. Like I could see him having like a a 325 or higher Babbitt and it's at 313 right now. So, I mean, he's kind of like hitting like a 285 to 288 hitter right now, uh, you know, with neutral luck. That's <laughs> pretty good considering like I think coming into this year, you looked at a more like a uh 270 to 275 guy. So, you know, he's bumped up his contact, he's bumped up his average. He's got amazing power. He's still got speed. I would be buying if anything. Like I, you know, his uh, his first hundred plate appearances, he has five homers and three steals. You know, over the course of a full year, that that's roughly like a, a thirty, you know, fifteen, seventeen, eighteen uh, steal guy, like uh, thirty homers, eighteen steals ish. You know, roughly. That's first you know, top 10 overall type numbers. Like he looks like he's back. Like I, you know, we haven't really seen a incredible like streak where he just like carries a team and he becomes like, you know, like he, he has like one of those uh, weeks or two where he hits like seven homers in like two weeks and steals like 10 bags and just like carries a team. Like we haven't really seen that yet, but you know, if you prorate his numbers out, he looks like he's back to at least a top 10 guy. Yeah, I'm not concerned that he, you're going to get production from him. I do think, you know, just across the board right now, and again, it's been 21 games, so I'm not trying to say this is definitive or anything, but so far the numbers are down a little bit and as far as, like, the hard hit, the the average exit velocity, it's way too early to do to look at barrels, you know, 21 games in. But it, it looks more like 2019 version of him. But again, 2019 version of him was 22 home runs. So even if the power is slightly down, and that was on, only in 84 games, so, like, that's still, like, a 40 home run pace. So really, really, what I'm saying is it doesn't matter. He's still putting up the numbers. I think it's actually just going to get better because he'll get more comfortable back playing and it'll just he'll get back to the the contact numbers we saw from him in his full season in 2021 yeah i mean i at this i feel like if you have tatis you either or if you don't have them i would buy them if you do have them i would just cross my fingers that you know he stays healthy yeah <laughs> that's, i mean that's all you can really do if you have them like 
you know, his line drive rate is up. I see what you're saying on the hard hit contact, uh, but it's so yeah, early on that. He's still like, making, two balls make right. a difference there. Right. Yeah, and his line drives are, are look good. Like the con like the contact and the strikeout rate stabilizes pretty fast and he's at a really good strikeout rate versus like previous seasons. Like it looks like he's become more uh, like a more mature hitter right now. Like he looks like a 20, you know, a 27 to 32 homer, 15 steal. 285 hitter, which is, you know, excellent. I'm going to make you choose between your, your children here, Tatis or <laughs> Bo Bichette. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that is tough. So with, with Bichette, you have 25 homers, hopefully uh, 12 to 15 steals. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully. Like maybe six my, at this pace. I have my hands together. I am a <laughs> I am a literal praying emoji right now. <laughs> fifteen steals, please. He's but he's gonna hit. He's gonna hit three fifteen. So twenty five homers, three fifteen average, incredible runs, decent RBIs. Um, fifteen steals, <laughs> maybe. Come on now, maybe, maybe, um, maybe ten. Uh, <laughs> And Tatis was, you know, 32, 15, 280. Yeah, I'm going to lean Tatis. I'm going to say they're real close, though. I'm going to say Tatis, though. Yeah, and the dual eligibility doesn't doesn't hurt his case either. Just No. It's, it's another thing that just kind of helps out. Yeah, for this year at least, yeah. Yeah. All right, the Josh Lowe breakout. Is it is it upon us, Gray? He's hitting 318. He has nine home runs. <laughs> Six stolen bases. I mean, Rudy. Rudy currently has him projected for only seventy three more games. Uh, <laughs> eight eight home runs, eight stolen bases, and he's hitting. He's gonna have two thirty eight. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna take the over. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit, man. That's setting. That's setting the bar low. That I'm cha. Uh, you know, I saw it recently in the in the comments. I, I forget who said it, but someone said in the comments. I'm sorry, I don't remember who say things because I answer 400 comments a day. But there, someone said to me uh, something like Josh Lowe is like top five on the player raider, and I was like, no, come on. <laughs> No, he's not. He's a part-time player, isn't he? And then I looked because I don't – unfortunately – actually, I do have Josh Lowe in one league, um, in one of those CBS leagues that we're in with uh, Scott White. But anyway, long story short is I wasn't aware of how well Josh Lowe was doing on the player raider. Like, he, that, at the time, he was top five. Um, now he's at nine overall on the player raider. That's crazy, dude. Like that's that's crazy. I mean, he's not really a part-time player as I thought maybe he was. Like that's a bit of an exaggeration to call him part-time. Like he is more or less an everyday player. Like okay, so he's getting, you know, he gets taken out of the lineup occasionally. It's the against, race. Like, tough, he gets he gets raised like, days off. Yeah. Right. Like against tough lefties, like he might like sit, but then if the lefty gets taken out of the game, he goes back in the lineup. So he's seeing like he's seeing a decent amount of games, like and 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 a decent amount of uh plate appearances. Like he's not really like he's not doing that poorly when it comes to like playing time. 
Um, so it's a little bit of exaggeration, but he is like, you know, like the top guy in the league, Marcus Simeon has 187 plate appearances and Josh Lowe has 121. So, I mean, that is like, you know, almost 70 plate appearances of difference. So, you know, it's, it's something, um, do I think it continues though? Like what he's doing right now? I, I mean, this is crazy. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Like he looks like he looks like because of the speed and power, like that's such a valuable combo in fantasy. And the fact that he doesn't strike out a lot. So he's making great contact. So his average, like he's hitting 306 with a 338 Babbitt, that Babbitt really isn't that high for him. He's kind of like he looks like a 285 hitter right now with like, you know, I want to say, you know, and this is being conservative, say 15, 17 more homers and then like 10 to 12 steals more, maybe 15, like. That puts him at like, you know, around 25, 20, 280 on the year. You're looking, that's like a top 25 to 30 overall guy, depending on like runs and RBIs. Like at worst, like that's what he, that's what he's looking like. That's, that's pretty valuable. Like I, I don't see, I don't see the big fall off necessarily in like, you know, like you mentioned the hard hit and the barrel and exit velocity and all that. Like, he looks like he's he's hitting as well as it seems right now, as far as I can see. Like, what's your thoughts? No, I mean, everything looks right on him. I mean, I, th- I'm i with you. Like, the, the strikeout rate is, is good right now. He's sitting at 23%, which is perfectly acceptable in today's game. Like, 8, 8% walk rate. Again, that's that's just fine for what the the Rays are wanting and in fact that he's hitting everything in sight you might as well let him swing away I'd say like him or Adolis Garcia rest of season and, and as far as like I mean I think across the board we could just go him or Adolis Garcia which one would you rather have I would go Adolis Garcia um and also like <laughs> Dallas Garcia, for whatever reason, I know you're just you 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 meant this to be just a, a quick comparison, but Dallas <laughs> Garcia, for whatever reason, like he's now like he's he's fourth on the player radar right now. Last year, I don't know off the top of my head, but I want to say he was top fifteen. The year before, he was great, and for some reason. No one wants to believe Adolis Garcia is real. <laughs> like, no, like, no matter what he does. It's like Adolis Garcia can have, like, an incredible, like, game and then, like, have, like, a good two months. And, and people will be like, yeah, but he was really just that one good game, right? It's like, no, <laughs> man. Like, A, you're not taking him out of the lineup. So you have that good game in your stats. Like you're not it's not like you lost that good game just because he had it. And second of all, like he's also just good. Like Adolis Garcia is just good. Like he hasn't been bad since the moment he came into the league, yet no one wants to like him. It's like no, he's not good. Like what? Ah, anyway, um yeah, I'm going to Adolis Garcia over Josh Lowe, but 
you know, Josh Lowe, I, I would take over a lot of guys, even though, like, you know, he wasn't necessarily uh, in the coming into the year. I wouldn't necessarily have said, like, you know, a Dallas Gar- like, uh, well, not a Dallas Garcia, but, um, like, say, I don't know, uh, let's say I'm just looking at the player Raider grabbing a guy. Uh, Anthony Rizzo was above was above Josh Lowe in my mind coming into the year. And Andy Rizzo hasn't been bad. He's 31 right now in the player Raider. But I would take Josh Lowe over Anthony Rizzo. Um, I think Rizzo every year falls off in the second half, but, um, you know, other guys like, you know, I would have taken in the beginning of the year, like before the season started, I would have taken Nick Castellanos over Josh Lowe and Nick Castellanos hasn't been bad this year. Right now he's at 32 on the player radar. I would take Josh Lowe over Nick Castellanos though. Yeah. I mean, if we can go down the play radar, like Byron Buxton was was going well well ahead of Josh well, Lowe. Well ahead. Yeah. Um, Brandon Nemo, everybody's uh, favorite Lowe. runs I producer. I would take Lowe over Buxton for what it's worth. Yeah. Yeah. Same with same with uh, Nemo. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Ne- and Nemo was going way before Josh Lowe, but I would take Josh Lowe before Nemo now. Yeah. Yep. What about uh, what about you know Reds future Hall of Famer Jake Fraley? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a, just a, a tad before Fraley. Yeah, <laughs> move, we'll move on to the next part, which is uh, talk about the Rays rotation. Drew Rasmussen, he you know he's got another arm injury. He's gonna try. He's on the sixty day IL. He's with a flexor strain injury. He's gonna try and avoid having his third TJ. He had eight starts this year. He had forty four innings. He was. I mean, he was he looked amazing. Well, now they've lost uh, Glasnow, Rasmussen, Springs, and, and Baz was never in, in the mix at all this year. Glasnow is uh, had a setback in his rehab from his his oblique abdomen injury, so they're doing all sorts of random things with their opener, bullpen arm thing, Beeks, Yanni, Kelly, Fleming. Do you think we get a look at Taj Bradley here, or what do you like? What are you doing with the rest of this this rotation? I, you know, it's interesting that like the, uh, the Angels, I think, have been sitting on a six man rotation basically the whole year, and the Rays are down to a thir- a three man rotation. <laughs> the Rays, the Rays are asking from Shane McClanahan four hundred innings this year, <laughs> just r- roughly. Roughly, you know, if they get 380, I'm sure they'll be happy. <laughs> um, <laughs> Zach Eflin, we all need you to throw 275 innings. <laughs> Let us know. It's hey, going to be like uh, 50. It's going to be like the uh, Schilling, Randy Johnson, Arizona playoff series, <laughs> but like the whole season. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the Rays are gonna the Rays are gonna show up at uh, Tropicana. It's gonna be an open air stadium. It's like, wait, what happened with the roof? Eh, we kind of need rain out now. <laughs> we, we prefer if it rains out our games. Somebody um, cut a gigantic anyway. hole there. I, we don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a hole right above home plate. That doesn't seem right. Um, okay, so yeah, Taj Bradley. I'm actually surprised. Like that feels like a situation where. Like, at any moment, he's getting called up. Like, I don't know what they're waiting for. Like, you mentioned, 
like they're doing like this opener thing <laughs> where they like, you know, Yanni uh, Cherinos gets some innings and like that. They, they do have a good bullpen, but I mean, how much, <laughs> how much can your bullpen like r- literally throw? I don't know. Like, honestly, I'm surprised Taj Bradley hasn't been called up already. And not only Bradley, like, I think they need more guys on that. Like, you know, like yeah. I said, they have a three-man rotation right now. I mean, they need more than just Bradley. Like, they need another starter. Um, I don't know. They said that, you know, Glasnow's setback supposedly was minor enough where, you know, he's supposed to be still coming back soon. But, you know, he can't throw innings. <laughs> no one no one in their – really no one in the rotation can throw innings except for uh, McClanahan. So, I don't know, man. I, I – I know that Taj Bradley hasn't been great in the minors, like in his last couple starts, but I have to think he gets called up. Like they need his arm, right? Yeah, I mean they just need somebody to come up and throw, and they don't even have like old guys that they they've signed to minor league deals. That, that you look at their their roster, and it's it's all like young guys that that are working, and none of them have really been performing. Bradley, I assume they sent him down or told him to work on something specific, like, and that's why you know it's gone kind of. Yeah, to, yeah. To work crap. on work on work on specifically not getting a uh, super two or whatever. <laughs> work, <laughs> work work on specifically not getting service. Time. Not getting service time in the major leagues, and then we'll call you up eventually. <laughs> that's, what, that's what we need you to work on. Good luck. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean they really do like need like a uh, a Kluber or a Rich Hill again, but you know those guys are are elsewhere now, so I don't know what they're gonna do. But yeah, they need they need something. Yeah, I mean, I guess like Luis Patino's down there, but he's been awful in the minors too. Like they're Can't stay healthy either. Yeah, like I don't know who they're calling. Um, speaking of light rotation, the Braves rotation has all of a sudden become light. Uh, Kyle Wright is out with a, at least two months with a shoulder. Max Fried is out at least two months with a forearm. It sounds like Schuster is getting at least a spot start here to fill in and probably getting is going to stay up. Dodd may come up. Uh, they got Soroka down there. I mean, the Braves at one point had too many arms to fit in the rotation, and now they're <laughs> in the same situation the Rays are. Yeah, yeah, no, completely. They're also down to three starters. I mean, this is crazy to see, like, uh, you know, it's been bad. I think the pitch clock has, you know, really hurt a lot of, uh, literally has hurt a lot of uh, starters' elbows and shoulders, um, knees and toes, knees and toes, um, but mostly elbows and shoulders. (laughs) I think, uh, you know, I... I think probably, like, I grabbed, this is more for an NL-only league, but I grabbed Tolkien in uh, my uh, Tout Wars 12-team NL-only because, you know, he looks like uh, he could be potentially, like, following an opener if they only go to, like, if they if they bring up Schuster, then they have, like, one more guy but they're still going to be short a guy. So, you know, I mean, they need, they need more arms as well. Um, I think, you know, Soroka and Schuster, you know, neither of them really are interesting, interesting to me for right now. Like if they get to, you know, if if they, 
if they have good matchups, then maybe we could look at like the Streaminator and potentially go off of that and, you know, stream one of them in a mixed league. But, you know, I don't know. For for right now, at least, I'm not really interested in them in mixed leagues, at least in like 12 team mixed and shallower. In a 15 team, if you're really struggling for innings, I guess maybe you could look at one of them. Uh, de- depends on like, you know, who's who's in the uh, rotation. Soroka, to me, Soroka is slightly more interesting just because like we haven't seen him as much uh, recently. So it's just like, you know, out of sight. I, I forgot he was, you know, not so great. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. They're, they're, they're not really that interesting. But then again, you have guys like Bryce Elder who didn't seem interesting to me. And, you know, like the Braves always managed to like magically have like these pitchers come out of nowhere and have like insane years. So yeah, maybe, maybe if they can get into a groove, but I'm looking at matchups for streaming as of right now for uh, either of them, for either Soroka or Schuster. Yeah, I would agree. I think, 15 teams is probably right. Maybe deep 12 teams if you got a lot of bench spots. The, the RCLs that we talk about all the time, if you, do, if you don't play in RCLs with us, it's three-man bench. So there's there's no bench space available. You know, we're, we're streaming in and out of people all the time. If you're in a deeper 12 team, I could take, take a look at Schuster. He's been good in the minors. And Soroka, you look at the surface numbers, 547 ERA, not great, but he had one really bad outing that kind of makes it look worse than it has been. Velocity's been back, but I don't know that the movement's ever going to be quite the same as it, it was. He's had a you know a ton of work done on his his arm at this point. Uh, Anthony Desclafani had to leave during his start. Uh, had toe issues because he dropped, and I, I originally read it as they dropped a piano, but it maybe. He dropped his son while on the piano bench on his what? foot. <laughs> what? I thought it was I, – I dropped a banana uh, – a banana. I, dro- I thought he dropped a piano bench on his foot. That's yes, I... his son was sitting on the piano bench, so he tried to pick it up and move his son, and he dropped it on his, his foot. Um, okay. Supposedly. <laughs> is, what, was it, what was his son playing? Uh, <laughs> I can play – yeah, a little, a little Bach. I could, I could play um, Ice Ice Baby on the piano. True story. Anyway, <laughs> what you were saying, B-Dom? Uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, there's a potential that we get, if he has to miss some time, maybe Kyle Harrison comes up and we get to see Kyle Harrison. But that's, that's really the only takeaway here. I just wanted to bring it up because he yeah. dropped a piano bench on his foot. And uh, it just doesn't and seem I'll, like something should be happening. And oddly enough, uh, Kyle Harrison was the one playing the piano at the time. So I don't know. <laughs> we got a little bit of conspiracies. <laughs> All right, great. Let's move on to the bullpen news. Jose Alvarado is going to the IL. It sounds like a minimum stay with left elbow inflammation. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, minimal. The old elbow inflammation that never <laughs> Never sets back any pitchers ever. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Do you want any part of Kimbrel, (laughs) Soto, Sir Anthony? Do you want any part of it? Elbow. Elbow. Oh, I can't feel my elbow. It sounds good, man. Get out there and throw us some innings. Uh, Alvarado... uh, I like if he's uh, he's healthy. Kimbrel, I think, is awful. 
Um, Soto, I was, you know, like in the preseason, I thought Soto actually would be in the pitcher uh, for saves in Philly, but he hasn't really been like at any point have they even like tried to get him saves, even though he was a decent closer last year. He's sort of been the forgotten guy over there. Uh, Sir Anthony Hopkins Dominguez is good. If uh, as long as he's not closing, <laughs> unfortunately, as soon as he starts closing, things go a little haywire. Um, yeah, I'd probably go Kimbrel, but not confidently. Uh, so yeah, I'd say Kimbrel with no confidence, and then probably Dominguez, and then hopefully Alvarado does come back. Yeah, I, I would say that's probably the right order. I will say on Kimbrel's behalf. Like, he hasn't given up a run since April 11th to a team not named the Dodgers. Like, the Dodgers beat him up in two games. He's been, he hasn't given up a run to anybody else. So, he hasn't been quite as bad if you ignore the fact that you probably ate those Dodgers runs because he hadn't given up runs until then. That's you know. the uh, that's the that's the gymnastics people do with Adalas Garcia. You know he hasn't been that good if you throw out all the games where he's been good. Throw out these bad games, these games where he hit <laughs> you only two home runs and games? two stolen bases and yeah, carried your yeah, your, your yeah. team that count, week. Count just the bad games for me for one second, okay? <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we'll move on to a different uh, close situation in Miami. AJ Puck left elbow nerve irritation. Uh, They've already said that it's probably more than the minimum stay, but it doesn't sound like it's too serious. Uh, another great elbow issue here. Dylan Floro, Scott, and Barnes are the options here. Are you interested in the Miami trio well, here? I'll say this for Floro um, and how serious the puck injury is. Uh, Craig Mish, who's the uh, Marlins beat writer, He's in my labor league, and he has, out of $100, I think he's bid maybe a dollar before this week. Before this weekend, I think he bid like $1. I'm down to like $70 out of 100 to give people an idea of where we're at. Um, and he's only bid like $1 so far this whole year. And this weekend, he bid $6 on Dylan Floro. <laughs> so just, I'm just saying... <laughs> It might be more serious than we're uh, we're letting on with AJ Puck. Um, yeah. With that said, yeah, Dylan Floro's the guy. I I don't think the other guys are really like Tanner Scott and, and Matt Bar- uh, Matt Barnes. Like maybe if something happens with Floro, but Floro's the the closer for right now. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's pretty fair. There's also uh, Brazaban, who's been. He's been pretty good, so there's there's a potential that like if Floro does trip up, Brasband might be the one to own, and he's he's kind of worth owning on his own, just for the ratios and strikeouts that he's been giving you. Yeah, no, actually, I have, I have Brasband in that in that Tout Wars league. I keep mentioning I I picked up Brasband like uh, three or four weeks ago, and he's been great. I mean, he, they for whatever re- like Skip Schumacher loves him, so he's throwing a ton of innings. He's throwing really good innings. Like, yeah, I I, I liked um, rostering Brazaban so far. Yeah, that's a solid pickup if you don't have a good starter for that week. Bad matchups, throw him in there. Might get you a save, and he's going to give you good numbers. You can do a lot worse. 
Uh, Wani Peralta has two saves in a row. Is it Peralta and King now? We already said Clay Holmes doesn't seem like he's he's in the in the job right now. Yeah, and you know what? I as as long as Clay Holmes isn't in the job, I think he's either he's been better and he's possibly getting himself back in the job. <laughs> like I think, <laughs> like Clay Holmes has been good in the the non job role. <laughs> <laughs> the non-job role. <laughs> I'm learning how to speak English today. Um, you yeah, know, I think Wander Peralta. I mean, he wasn't facing lefties on uh, you know on Saturday when he got like his second save in a row, and there was no lefties there. Actually, the the Rays threw it went out and they put Brandon La- uh, Landon Lau. They put Brandon Lau in the. Uh, actually, they pinch hit for uh, someone. And they pinch hit in a lefty versus Wandy Peralta, which really, I mean, Kevin Cash is crazy. I don't know. I don't even know what that is. But I don't think Wandy Peralta is the closer. But I don't think there is a closer. I, I like as of right this second, I don't think the Yankees have a closer. I think it's it's going to be a matchup situation, and I wouldn't be shocked if Holmes gets another save. But I also wouldn't be shocked to see like Michael King. It looks like so th- it looks like Michael King is throwing multiple innings. So he could go like he could come in in the like in the eighth inning and throw like one and two thirds innings and gets a save. But he's not going to be available then for two games. So then you have like Hamilton or Wandy or Holmes who could potentially get the next save or two. Like King feels like the guy who's like probably the best there. But they also like him to get multiple innings, so he's not going to get a majority of the saves for that reason. So I would probably say, push comes to shove, Wandy Peralta potentially is has been really good. I mean, he's been good for like, I want to say, you know, I don't have his numbers in front of me, but he's been good for a couple of years now, like three or four years. So I would probably say Peralta, but... I don't think that's like, you know, it's no way is that set in stone. Like I have no idea who's there. I don't think they, I don't think Boone has any idea who is closer. <laughs> yeah. And to be fair, everybody except for Clay Holmes has been really good. So yeah, like they really can use anybody except for the guy that we all thought was coming in with the job. And he did, he came in with the job uh, and then fumbled it, but you're right in the last five outings, he hasn't given up and run. He's getting a lot of strikeouts, so Clay Holmes is also working his way back to relevance in this discussion. It may just be, like you said, it may be matchup. It may be just like who's fresh, who's who's you know. If they have a two out situation they need to get through, it's probably not Michael King. If they have like a two inning session, then it might be Michael King. It's just gonna be all over the place. But all of them are putting up good numbers, so I, I don't have a problem rostering any of them. Yeah. Uh, Nick Anderson is getting uh, saves here. Rysel looks off. Mentor, he's he sucks. Um, he just that's that's all there is to say right there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are you interested in in picking up you know any any piece of this? Do you think you know Rysel is eventually just going to take his job back, or do you think Nick Anderson has has some leeway here to potentially take the job over? 
You know, if I if I had more room to play with like my teams uh, and had more room like to pick up guys to speculate on saves, I feel like Nick Anderson right now. Like this past Sunday with Fab, and even now, like you know, in daily leagues, I wish I could grab Nick Anderson in more places because he feels inevitable. I I just don't have the room necessarily to play it uh, to play like I don't have the room in all my leagues in order to like grab Nick Anderson, but he feels like I mean Rossio Iglesias doesn't look right. I mean his velocity is way down. He's giving up runs. I mean the Braves aren't gonna they're not a team that's just gonna let like they know he was injured already. It's not gonna be hard for them to figure out that he's still injured. <laughs> it's not like this is not like like he's looks awful. He looks he looks cooked. And Nick Anderson looks great. AJ Minter looks bad. Like Nick Anderson feels like a guy who could get like the saves, uh, the closer job in Atlanta. You know, by you know May twentieth and have it for the rest of the year. Like uh, you know, like looking back, like say like Clay Holmes last year. Like the way he got the Yankees game, uh, the Yankees job and ran with it. Like I think Nick Anderson can do that in Atlanta. Like I think, honestly, the biggest takeaway for bullpens right now, I think Nick Anderson is the guy to grab. Nice, I like it. Uh, one last one, Liam Hendricks could be back soon-ish. He had a he had some illness issue, so they're kind of redoing his rehab schedule. Velocity's still down on him. I don't expect him back. Like even if he's back, I don't see. Him retaking a closing job. Kendall Graveman seems to be the guy there for now because Reynaldo Lopez is also awful. Like, A.J. Minter awful. Maybe worse than A.J. Minter awful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, you know, unfortunately, I don't think Hendricks is right. Uh, at least, I mean, maybe if you look at this, like, this is like his spring training, so he needs, like, maybe... You know, maybe it's not going to be as quick as like, you know, a four or five outings and he's back to normal. Maybe he needs a month or six weeks to really build up stamina, but he doesn't look right like right now. Hopefully the White Sox don't rush him, too, because I I mean, I feel like it's headed towards them rushing him because like I feel like the White White Sox have nothing else to play for. So they're like they're looking for like a feel good moment. <laughs> so they're so they're looking to get Hendricks back. But. He just doesn't look right as of right this second. Like, you know, he could come around, though. Like, maybe by the yeah. end of this week or by next week, he might start looking better. But as of right now, he looks, like, super rusty. Yeah, it just doesn't look right. This, like I said, the velocity's not there yet. Give him some time. It's, it's a lot to come back from. So we'll see what happens there. If you have an empty IL spot, I don't mind grabbing him, but... I, I still don't really expect him to be back this season as Hendricks we knew, but you're right. Like he could he could just get it back. He could have the you know, the right mix of of you know, being back in the game and, and building up some strength and, and be back in there and I hope he is. Let's give the people some waivers before we get out of here, Gray. Well, with uh, C.J. Crone was injured, uh, his back. So uh, Mike Moustakis, I don't know if you've heard that name before. <laughs> <laughs> There's uh, a Moussakas uh, in Colorado. <laughs> Bud Black must be so excited to be able to play him 
without any reservations to just be like, you know what? I can play. I can play the worst guy on the team, and I can just be so happy right now. Um, okay. Anyway, uh, Ezekiel Tofar actually in the Rockies. He has been playing, and he's been doing well uh, over on the Tigers. Uh, Zach McKenstry is looked pretty good. Um, we mentioned Dom Fletcher before. He's been hot. Mickey Moniak, if he's taking over the Taylor Ward job, we'll see. As of uh, as of right this moment, I think it's a platoon, but you never know. Um, David Peralta's been kind of hot over in uh, Los Angeles, and uh, yeah, Joey Menez has he's looked better. I I don't think there's much there in the big picture, but he's looked better recently for like the last two weeks, and um, yeah, there's I mean there could be something there. So you know who knows, but. If he's hot, he's worth picking up in just about any league. Uh, you got any? Uh, you got any streamers for the people? Uh, well, Rich Hill, if he's still out there in your league at Detroit, I don't mind that one at all. Dean Kramer versus the Angels. Uh, Dean Kramer's been pitching well, but Angels, so maybe not this week. But somebody that you can keep an eye on in your leagues. Braxton Garrett goes to San Francisco. Anytime you get to go to that ballpark, it could be worse. Kyle Quantrill is playing or gets to go to New York and go against the Mets. Not a lot of strikeouts, but I, I still think he could do fine there. Uh, Taiwan Walker has is kind of like in the Kimbrel bro- boat. If you if you ignore a couple of bad starts, the numbers look better. He's he's in that at San Francisco grouping, so you can look at him potentially. And uh, Granky at the White Sox because the White Sox can't really do anything outside of Luis Robert. Robert Jr., Lou Bob right now. So that's uh, that's not the worst place to potentially look at a matchup, although the park, you know, doesn't necessarily say it's great, but that lineup's not exactly scary right now. Word. There's a bunch of stuff, Gray. As always, if you have specific questions, come out to the comments. Gray's out there in his articles. I will answer them on the YouTube videos and on the podcast post. Rate and review us. Download us, subscribe, all that fun stuff. I am at RazBeatOn on Twitter. Gray is the owner of the at RazBall account. Until next week, Gray. Talk to you later. All right, lates.